Hello and welcome to But Have You Considered Therapy, a podcast focused on mental health and social justice. Just a quick disclaimer before we get started, the views expressed on this podcast belong to myself and my guests. They are not affiliated with any organization or agency. Additionally, because some very personal information is shared on this podcast, last names may be avoided and pseudonyms may be used. Finally, this podcast is not intended to be a substitute for clinical mental health services. If you are in crisis and in need of assistance, please call 911 immediately. Today's show is brought to you by Audible. Audible is offering our listeners a free audiobook with a 30-day trial membership. Just go to www.audibletrial.com slash considertherapy and browse the unmatched selection of audio programs. Download a title free and start listening. It's that easy. Go to audibletrial.com slash considertherapy to get started today. I love Audible. I have a pretty long commute, so I listen to a ton of audiobooks. Right now, I'm listening to Maybe You Should Talk to Someone by Lori Gottlieb. It's a book written by a therapist about being a therapist and about being in therapy, so it's very on brand for this podcast. It's a really fun listen, and she offers a lot of fabulous insight. In addition to your free trial, Audible is giving our listeners a free audiobook, and I highly recommend checking out Maybe You Should Talk to Someone by Lori Gottlieb. All right, thanks for listening. Enjoy the show. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to But Have You Considered Therapy? Uh, this is Mel, and today I'm speaking with Joel Duke. Um, we're going to talk about some very interesting stuff. Um, Joel, would you introduce yourself to the listeners? Yeah, hey everyone. My name is Joel. I'm a UX designer here in Austin, uh, Texas. I've been here just three years. Lived based in New York for about four years before that, and grew up in Phoenix, Arizona. Oh, yeah. <laughs> very cosmopolitan yeah. resume. Yeah, excellent. So um, well, Joel, let's let's get into it. So, um, on this podcast, we talk about therapy, and so you kind of reached out to us um, with an interest in being on the show to talk about. Um, your experience with something that is called therapy, um, but that I personally don't really recognize as therapy. Um, and so would you just kind of dive in and tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, totally. It's a very interesting way to say it. Yeah. yeah. No one's ever said that to me before, but you're right. It is not therapy in the slightest. Yeah. Um, I would consider it brainwashy, mm-hmm. I would say. So um, I, was, I went to sexual reparative therapy. Sexual, orienta- sexual orientation reparative therapy. Mouthful. Mm-hmm. And I did that in college to literally become straight. And it was mm-hmm. me and a group of other guys, um, varying in age, just one other college dude. And there was about seven other guys. Mm-hmm. Um, everyone was gay. <laughs> everyone was trying still not gay? to be gay. Everyone's probably still gay. Yeah. Um, the leaders were definitely gay. Oh, and wow. they... Uh, just like pretty much trained us to act straight, right? Like hindsight, yeah, okay. we just got trained to act straight mm-hmm. um, and like how to be straight. So it was like the best theater class of all time. Mm-hmm. 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 Um, and what, I mean, what did that entail? What is acting straight? Oh God. Okay. So let's go back. So I knew I was gay, right? Like so young. Uh-huh. I got grounded. Um, One day my mom said, if you put glitter in your hair again, I'm going to ground you. Because I would put so much from the art room that it would clog the drain. (laughs) Um, I was was like Spice Boy, right? If you were playing Spice Girls, I was um, Sports Spice. I was the boy. Mm -hmm. Um, I could do back handsprings because of her, right? So I always like knew that. Mm -hmm. And um, we were very Southern Baptist, so it was always wrong. And I had known that it was always wrong as well. Yeah. Didn't necessarily know what it was, but I knew it was bad and it was wrong. 
Um, so it kind of was just shamed in the community, shamed within my own family. Mm-hmm. Um, my I'm gay. Both of my sisters are gay. I have uh, two other cousins on my mom's side that are gay. My uncle, another boy cousin, and that's all I know so far. Mm-hmm. Those are just immediate first cousins. Mm-hmm. Um, so a lot of gays. And but when the first ones were coming out, it was dramatic, mm-hmm. very dramatic. Um, told we're going to drop your college education, right? Oh. Like you. Um, excommunicating good old Southern Baptist style. Yeah. Um, and so I started really on my own, really believing I was going to go to hell, and started seeking out, one, the community, right? Like church drew me in from this loving community of awesome people where you felt you belonged, right? Like what, why a lot of people are drawn to mm-hmm. it. I was so young, I was like 15, struggling with being in the closet, um, didn't really know who I was, so I really ran to the church, which mm-hmm. was weird, I did not expect. Um, but I also realized, you're gay, this means you go to hell. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to hell, mm-hmm. so what do I gotta do? Right. Um, so I started doing that all on my own, and I was working at a Christian bookstore in my senior year of college called um, Berean's Christian Books mm-hmm. Stores. Mm-hmm. And uh, obviously a lot of books. So I'm reading one called <laughs> Every Young Man's Battle. They always try to get you to read Every Young Man's Battle, which mm-hmm. is like, the brainwashing and making straight guys not like girls, pretty much, or like oh, boy. not be attracted to them as much. Oh, my God. Um, good, good things and bad things, of course, to learn sure. know, some self-control. Right. Um, but on the end of it, it says, if your thoughts are the other way, is one of the chapters. I'll never forget, right, working the cash register, looking through the index, and the last chapter says, if your thoughts are the other way. And I never told anyone. No one knew. I was president of Fellowship of Christian Athletes. I was preaching to people every Tuesday. Went to Young Life, right? Like, um, so involved with my church. No one knew at all. And so I read it. And it said, if your thoughts go the other way, reach out to Exodus International. So I was too scared. I was sitting there that night on the website. And I was like, someone's going to find it. Right? Like, internet had just came out, like, right. the year before. Yeah. So not The really, parents are going to hack. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know enough yet. Yeah. And, and so I was terrified that, like, or someone there was going to know me. I was going to show up, and it was going to be my best friend's parents. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was too scared, and I didn't go. Freshman year just was, like, debilitating. Uh, just debilitating. I didn't know, like, what to do with life or how life was going to go. I was getting gayer by the day, mm-hmm. and nothing was working. Mm-hmm. So I went to my pastor, and he was not available, so to his dad. And he's the first person I ever told in my life, right, that I have I have this. And he pretty much just, like, scoffed it off and was like, the guy before you just had the same issue. And I was like, oh, okay. And immediately then asked me, have you ever looked at porn? Or have you ever hooked up with a guy or kissed a guy? And I said, uh, heavens, I've never even had a kiss, right? Because I'm 19 and naturally had never been kissed or anything because mm-hmm. I was so suppressed. So yeah. I, um, I was like, I only like, kiss people. No, God. And he literally just straight up says, well, if you live in sin, you go to hell. And I was like, we'll never forget not riding my bike back, but being only able to walk it back to my Oh, my gosh. And then that moment, I emailed that group. And on my own, they reach out to me and I show up. They um, tell everyone we're Alcoholics Anonymous. So the second person I've ever told in my life is the front attendant of this church. Mm-hmm. And I walk in and I'm like, man, I'm <laughs> well, <laughs> where's the group for the men who are? having sexual orientation. <laughs> oh my god. Oh my god. Like, I think I have flip phone. I have his number. I didn't have the internet. Right? Like, and I have to tell her, and she's like, oh, 
like, what? Has no clue what I'm talking about. Oh, so she didn't even know what was going on. She had on. no idea what I was talking about. I was like, oh my God, I just the second person I told I didn't even have to. And then I'm at the wrong church. So I go through, <laughs> I go through and they see me walking out. And they, when they shut, the door shuts behind him to come over to me, it says Alcoholics Anonymous on the door. Oh my gosh. So only to her, that was a group of men of Alcoholics Anonymous, because, like, God yeah. forbid, a bunch of gays, a gaggle of gays were showing up at their church. Right, much less shameful to have an addiction problem than to be gay, apparently. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. That's... Much less shameful. <laughs> when you can pronounce publicly, yeah. So, mm-hmm. so um, that's how I found myself there. Mm-hmm. Um. So we've had to change locations because um, some very diligent and um, hardworking uh, cleaning crew came through our typical recording session, and now we're in our guest's car. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> and we're, we're never leaving. So we're never leaving. This no. was this was part of the trip. <laughs> Sorry. Okay. I'll drive you home. Yeah. Perfect. <laughs> Um, so, Joel, you were just about to talk a little bit about what those group sessions were like, what was actually going on in them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, okay, so those group sessions, um, huh, they were sad. Mm. They were sad. And they um, were started out, so from the best of my ability, right, this is 10 years, 11 years at this point is where it started. So, we would pretty much um, start out by, of course, prayer, and then we'd have to go by ourselves into corners of the room and just, like, beg God to heal us, pretty much, while we were mm. listening to a lot of Christian music and just, like, oh singular gosh. worship. Um, and then we would have to sit in a group, and we'd get a little talk from them, um, just, like, explaining how, what to do. So, um, what are some of the things they told us? They told us... Um, if we hugged guys more, we would be straight. They told us if we um, we were missing the love from our fathers so that we really needed to make guy friends um, and hang out with males more often. Um, told me to hug them more often. Often told me if I found myself in like this a cuddling situation that I should let it happen. Um, which I was like, ain't that gay? This is <laughs> Yeah, well, right? Because thinking about it, it's coming from a man who is gay trying to tell us how yes. not to be gay. I, I don't know. I can't even fathom how distorted they were right. teaching us this. Right. It's like a fish trying to tell you how to fly. He's like, get in the water, <laughs> yeah. swim around, and I don't know, then you Jump. fly. Yeah. <laughs> You're flying, man. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. it was as successful, right? So, um, so then we would get a little lesson from them on like what to do, how to be more manly, how to, um, and at some point, right, this was going to spark straightness. Sure. That if we believed enough and if we did this enough, one day I was literally just going to wake up and be granted straightness. Mm. I believed granted it. Granted the gift of straightness. Yeah. Yeah. And at that point, still a gift, right? I grew up yeah. in like Redsville, Arizona. No fence readies. No divisive. <laughs> <laughs> Let's all come together. So, um, but I grew up in like a very conservative area and teachers were still getting fired for being gay. And I was mm-hmm. an education major. So, like, this was still oh, terrifying for me. Yeah. There was not enough research that this was bad for you. Like, we still thought this could happen. Mm-hmm. This is a possibility. People do this. Mm-hmm. Especially to not burn in hell forever. Mm-hmm. To get into heaven, that's what we got to do. And so, we're all in it together. And then we would have to go around and talk about how we had messed up that week. Mm. And where we had failed. Mm. And admit it to the group. 
And I remember kind of just sitting there. Mind you, right, like, I've always been the sassy, a little, like, outspoken, right? Like, didn't get the filter enough to not ask that question I wasn't supposed to ask. Mm -hmm. So I was still like, oh, man, but I don't understand that. How's that going to happen, right? And they fumbled and didn't know how to answer it. Um, But I I started to, like, click my nails and bite my fingers when I was hearing these men who had been in this group for years and were no better. Mm. And I felt like the wheels started turning of, like... I was like, my subconscious was like, buddy, I'm in this box. You know, this isn't right. Yeah. Right? Like I'm trying to get you a message. You can, you feel this. Right. And it's because these men were like 45, 50. They were so much older than me mm. and they were so depressed. No one was straight. No. And by straight, I mean, um, was able to be sexually aroused by the opposite sex. Right. Um, and so that was not a possibility or, or oh, not a possibility or, that didn't happen with anybody. Like, yeah. nobody was straight. Nobody was getting turned on by girls. Right. Um, and these and are people who had been at it for a while. A long time. Yeah. Like, the last 30 years. Wow. Right? Like, my whole life, they had been right. trying to do this. So, I'm like, yeah. something's not working here. And the leader of it told me he... Well, one... Okay, so it gets deep, right? It's so funny to talk about. Because to me, this was, of course, my life. So, I don't think about it too too much. But mm-hmm. it's complete, you know, wonderment to strangers um, or new friends... And so they end up telling me, right, you need, to, you must get a girlfriend, you must propose to her, and that God will grant you straightness on your, you must have enough um, belief that you will be sexually aroused by a woman on your wedding night. So Goodness. all of us are out seeking these girls right. who, like, we are not in, at all attracted right. to. One of the leaders was married with three kids and prayed with his wife every morning about being gay and to get over it. And he told me it's a daily struggle, and I thought... So no one here is straight? And they were like, we're all working on it. And I was like, no, 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 no. <laughs> like, is anyone here straight? Yeah. And that was, right, one of the questions I'm talking about. And they were like, we're all working on this progress together. Um, so it's a no. So a big, <laughs> fat no. Yeah. A big, fat no. Um, and so, yeah, I went to that group for a while. That was like a, a big, um, you know, like... Uh, smushing it all together that was probably over multiple sessions all of those stories were coming from and meetings but um those are all giant highlights to me just um just they cried a lot I was like the only one that didn't cry and everyone else just cried a lot Mm. and I thought something's going wrong just so much pain yeah Yeah. something's going wrong here something is not right yeah um so uh, I ended up leaving that and stopped going to that just like totally ghosted them and was like the original ghoster. And, um, and so I never t- called them again or talked to them again or emailed them back. But then I like was still so conflicted, right? Like I thought there must be another way. So I start meeting with my old Young Life leader once a week, every week, and in the summer, every day. Wow. <laughs> it's intense. Yeah. <laughs> it's intense. Yeah. He, let me say this about him. He told me being gay is not a sin. Or being gay is a sin, but I don't think you go to hell. I don't think anyone goes to hell. Okay. And so he was the first person to ever tell me, I don't think you need to become straight. I think it could happen, and mm. I think we could get there, but I don't think you need to become become it. But, like, at that point, that was too so shocking to hear. I couldn't mm. even fathom that this goal was right. going to be offset or, uh, you know, detoured or whatever. So that, uh, that was like not a possibility, and I met with him, and I kept going with him. Um, right. I was involved with Young Life. I worked at three Young Life camps. I started a special ed Young Life. I volunteered over, I think, 12,000 hours with them because um, I worked three summers uh, for free. Oh, my gosh. Right. Um, and every week I did meetings with high school kids and 
yeah, that, that was a good part of it. Um, and then, yeah, so uh, I, when things started kind of clicking, right, when every year I was getting gayer, it started clicking, right? I was, I was getting more depressed, mm-hmm. obviously, mm-hmm. very depressed, um, because I just felt like I was doing everything I could possibly do to be granted this gold card of straightness. But I was like the best Christian I knew. I had 75 verses memorized to my heart. Mm -hmm. Because one of the verses is, have God's word on your heart like a golden tablet or whatever. Mm. Um, Paraphrased. And so... I, uh, I used to do matching games with verses, right? Like, I did anything. Wow. I was, I was uh, filling up my van, bringing people to church. Yeah, right? you were getting to, an A-plus in Christianity. That's a really good way to say it. Yeah. Yeah, but you're wrong, because I was getting 105%. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, even better. Yeah. Um, and nothing, I was just getting gayer by the day. So what does that do to you? That makes you feel so, one alienated yes. from the group. Everyone's getting into something you're not getting into. Right. Even though you're one of the best. Right. You're like you still won't get it. And so um there there's just a lot of sad times. During this, I started weirdly just got into dance. Um mm. I grew up cheering like my parents let me cheer for a couple years, which was awesome. I really wanted to dance, but we were too Christian to do that. So it was a lot of dance. Um but they did let me cheer for a couple years and I did get to do gymnastics for a few years, mm-hmm. which was a great outlet. Um, and so in da- in college, I started taking dance classes. And then I said, one day, someone, one of my very Christian buddies said, if you could do anything right now and not worry about money, what would you pursue? <laughs> and I said, I would just sing and dance. <laughs> and I had never been in a musical, right? I just was always singing, uh, with funny people. <laughs> and so he goes, God, uh, put that in you when you were born. <laughs> And I said, yes, he did. Yeah. <laughs> he super did. Yes, he did. He created me yeah. in the mud dirt. It's a dancing theater. So, um, <laughs> thank you. Um, and so, the next day, I sign up for music lessons with a voice teacher that my best friends had in high school. Mm-hmm. Take one lesson. Audition for something that she t- hooks me up with and get into this professional theater in Maine that is just like Dirty Dancing. Oh, my and gosh. I, help, I taught sailing lessons on the day uh, on the beachfront in the lake and taught these very affluent people how to sail in the tiny little canoes or got the canoes or whatever for them. Yeah. It's basically like a bitch, a beach bitch. A I just got them whatever they needed. Yeah. And, um, and so I was there one summer, very, very straight. And then I came back and everyone knew I was very, very straight. And then the next year of doing like eight more musicals, um, mind you, that was my first gig ever. So mm-hmm. I had never done a musical, got a professional one, flew there, was one of the only straight guys, right? <laughs> and then like <laughs> stayed straight another summer. And that's like, I think that's a good sum up of college and what that was like. But yeah, if you have any questions, I'm more than happy to ask about it or answer them. Yeah, no, I mean, I think... I'm, I really, I mean, I really appreciate you sharing that all with us, first of all. Um, and I mean, it's just, I'm just so sorry, you know, I'm so sorry for, for anyone who is made to feel like the person they are isn't good enough or that they're wrong or that they're inadequate in some way. It just, it it makes me, it makes me beyond sad to think yeah. about that and to think about just young you, like, just like wanting to be you and yeah. be happy and <laughs> be good, you know, and to feel like you weren't those things because you didn't fit into this like box mm-hmm. that you were told, this is the box you have to fit into to be good. 
um Ugh, it just makes me I, it makes me so sad yeah i appreciate it yeah. and to tell you the truth it was very sad yeah it was very sad and there were many 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 sad days and then the aftermath was in ways just as hard mm -hmm. like to undo all of that literally my most formative years of my life were doing everything i could to not be myself right 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 like there was even points in high school where i would like just deny myself so much i wouldn't wear any brands i would cover up vans if it was on my shoes mm. and like i would just i like couldn't I, I wouldn't cross my feet i wouldn't laugh at certain jokes mm. i want to tell certain jokes i wouldn't stand a certain way i want to hold my i would i was obsessed with if i'd catch myself crossing my feet under my desk all the time mm. and i always just thought i just like was like they're gonna find out i was gonna think i'm gay oh if i cross my, my feet under my chair so like this hyper vigilance of like everything i'm doing is being watched everything and scrutinized, and, scrutinized mm -hmm. and every moment is a moment for me to be exposed mm -hmm. and how exhausting that must have been totally yeah so we've talked a lot about uh, the trauma essentially that you suffered when mm -hmm. as as a young person and now you are in the process of healing from that and have come a really long way can you tell us about what that's been like totally um, so right after college, I had a, a graduate special ed degree and moved to New York mm -hmm. and started dancing right away and luckily was booking really quick. Mm -hmm. um, so that went great. Um, but it was a struggle bus. I did not have any clue how to uh, navigate life without a book telling me what to do mm -hmm. or a group telling me what to do or people telling me what to do. And not only was um, I like all of a sudden it was like, don't do anything to do whatever you want. You should. And why aren't you? Yeah. And I was like, I don't know. Yeah. Um, so it came with more trauma, right? It was, um, unfortunately I was working at Jackson Hole, Wyoming and a wonderful friend, a dear, dear, dear friend who was the first person to ever talk to me about Eckhart Tolle or mm. crystals or spiritual stuff. Um, she ended up passing away in an accident during mm. that contract. And then a few months later, I almost die in surgery. Um, it, oh, was a, wow. it was a, it was really intense. I was awake for it, and it was those movie moments of like, nope. This this was twenty four years of so much sadness mm -hmm. and not being yourself. No more. It was really yeah. one of those sparks, and so that came through therapy at twenty four. Um, therapy at twenty six. While I had health insurance, um, ended up switching to here in Austin to. Um, I'm not say what you Yeah, of course. So uh, really support them, Waterloo, which is oh, LGBTQ, right? Mm -hmm. so, um, place, and they really helped me. They really, really identified with me and helped me get so far. Um, and then again, just from switching careers and insurance, um, always that struggle. Now that I've had insurance, I've been with the last few months with an amazing, amazing therapist mm -hmm. who has, um, you know, I, I got past the sexual reparative orientation therapy stuff a while ago. Mm -hmm. uh, I've been with my partner for over three years. Um, you know, it's just all proof like um, it's going well. And so where I'm at now is taking my biggest enemy and turning it into my greatest strength. Mm. Um, and like I was saying earlier is um, something that, right, like if you try with your whole might to do, to be so good at something that it's going to change your eternal, your eternalness, right? Mm -hmm. Like what a drive, what, what passion for you. Um, I've now been able to identify being, you know, 11 years past it as well with that time that it is, those things have become my greatest strengths. That's mm -hmm. why I was able to be brave enough to move to New York mm -hmm. with a special ed degree and say, I can dance with you guys, right? Like yeah. I, I'm going to do it. And then I <laughs> did it, booked over the dudes mm -hmm. or booked over them. And so that was amazing. Um, and 
what else with that is realizing that it taught me to be like there was so many wonderful things Christianity taught me like to just be a really nice person mm-hmm. to care about people right like I equate like my popularity in high school to the fact that I sought out being so kind to people who didn't mm-hmm. have friends and that one is still with me today yeah. that one did not go away um, well that's why you're friends with us yeah <laughs> <laughs> no <laughs> um, not at all so um, like just being being drawn to that goodness and it took time i've listened to your podcast and people saying that it took time yeah it took years and it was baby steps but learning that i was never going to give up i was never going to give up it paid off it was never in my own timing Mm -hmm. hindsight none of life is right so learning that is a great thing Mm -hmm. um but it's come through realizing i must ask for help i need help there is nothing wrong with me and I'm going to seek a professional. Yeah. And I had read books. I'd read Eckhart Tolle books. Um, Julia Cameron, the artist way helped me a lot, a lot, Mm -hmm. a lot. And then once I've got to amazing therapist, they helped me dive into the fact that I'm not alone. Mm -hmm. A lot of people have these thoughts Mm -hmm. and guess what? People who weren't even secretly gay. It was people who were addicted to this or that or this Mm -hmm. or that. Mm -hmm. Anything that was keeping you on the outside of heaven's gates, Mm -hmm. which is a cabillion things. Um, and so, I would say that's where that healing is. Um, anyone, if somehow anyone in the closet is listening to this, mm-hmm. it does get better. Those videos, they inspired my life. They, they let me know everything was going to be okay. And it does get better. It's terrifying. I lost a lot of friends. Mm-hmm. I lost that whole community. I had drama with my family, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I, it's happened. But I didn't see any way out then. And when people told me that then, I didn't believe there would be a way out. But you end up realizing there's 8 billion people and there are a lot of people with different views than just the only one you had ever known. Yeah. Wow. Well, thank you. I mean, that's, it's so heartening and it's, I mean, it's just so great to like see you. I mean, we just met today, which, and you're just such a, you're a gregarious, joyful, like fun person. And to see that you are able to be like that, you know, that you're able to have this light and to have this joy after overcoming so much sadness, so much pain Mm -hmm. is obviously a testament to the power of, first of all, the, the work that you put into it. And then also the, the power of therapy and helping professionals and talking to people who understand, who get it, who can show you that other people are experiencing something similar. So you don't feel so alone. Like the, the the switch there is so inspiring and incredible thank you it's it's taken time um it got better because as i was saying earlier too is that i've had seven guys from these old christian clubs i was in come out to me right and there was a time where i was like i don't have healthy boundaries with instagram i I must get rid of it i'm constantly comparing myself or xyz and then i realized all those guys came out to me on social media right they messaged me through some way and they just saw me with my partner living my life Mm -hmm. and I somehow didn't even remember who they were Mm -hmm. I had to like look them up again I was like oh right and so being that leader and literally talking to them and helping them through the steps of how you get out of it um, I always recommend Fish Out of Water which is an amazing documentary and torn by Justin E. Lee Mm -hmm. who's a pastor that talks about all the verses that are anti-gay and going into their original language and what they really were talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, and so being that mentor, right, teaching it to others when I didn't even feel adequate enough to do it, mm-hmm. um, taught me a lot, yeah. helped me grow a lot. Yeah. And just, um, right, that drive. Oh, hell, I was depressed for so long. When you use that drive to not be like that right. and enjoy the rest of the life. Yeah. Um, just 
It is what it is. Yeah. What you can't do anything about it, so you can't cry about it every day. Right. Right. You have to learn how to live within it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, well, Joel, thank you so much for sharing all of that. I feel like we could talk to you for hours. You're, you are a wonderful guest and you have a really interesting story. And um, But I'm really grateful to you for sharing that experience with us and then also sharing the experience of healing from it because I think that's important for people to hear. Um, and you said you had a cool little either business or charity that you, we don't know if it's a business or a charity, but it's a cool organization <laughs> that you wanted to shout out. Yeah. Um, Sage Studio ATX or just Sage Studio is an awesome, um, little refurbished art gallery for adults with intellectual and developmental disabilities, mm-hmm. which is a very nice way of saying special needs. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the, the, uh, very nice way of saying it. Um, but also confusing to some people mm-hmm. if you're not in that world. Mm-hmm. And they have an amazing art studio, and then they sell it in that gallery, and they help these people become, um, they help these artists become um, professional artists, making money, making a livable income, being able so to buy cool. normal things yeah. that everyone should be able to buy. Yeah, that's so cool. Um, no, I love that. I love, and you said it was Sage? Sage Studio. Sage Studio, okay, yeah. yeah. Um, awesome, well... For those of you who are listening, um, please subscribe, rate, and review the podcast. Um, We're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, Podomatic, and Podchaser. You can find us on Instagram at Consider Therapy or on Twitter at ConsiderCast. You can email us at ConsiderTherapy at gmail.com. We're also on Facebook, facebook.com slash ConsiderTherapy. And if you want to support the podcast with a little monthly donation of $1 to $5, you can do that on our Patreon. Uh, patreon.com slash consider therapy and you can get access to cool bonus stuff um like mini episodes behind the scenes photos all that good stuff um joel thank you again so much it's been an absolute delight talking to you yeah it's a pleasure it's all mine thanks for having me absolutely thanks for what y'all are doing i think it's amazing oh thank you so much um all right well this is mel and joel signing off bye bye